ladies and gentlemen. It is my honor to present to you your hosts for the Married with Board Games podcast, Spencer and Laura Williams. Hey there, everyone. I'm Spencer. I'm Laura. And this is the Married with Board Games podcast. Here we are again. Coming at you with episode 15. This is... Fancy seeing you here. Oh, hello. I didn't even see you. Oh, my gosh. Right across the thing from me. How you been? Well, um... It's been a while. It has. It's been two weeks since we've sat in this room. Yep. We've been doing other things, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Life. Yes, as one does. Yes, yes, as 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 two do, like because, you do. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this is a podcast. We are married, Laura and Spencer Williams. What do you know? And we talk about board games. Now, for new listeners, uh, I just want to kind of reiterate some things. Um, while a lot of times we will mention the fact of, oh, this game is great for couples. This game is great for married people. But we don't always do that. We won't always say say that because it kind of gets redundant. You know, if we like a game for us, that kind of goes without saying that it works well with married people. Wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah. And we will talk about games that don't you can't play with just two people too. Just because we like to play games that aren't just for two people. Right. Yeah. There are a couple that we have to talk about or at least... Yeah, there are a few of them yeah. we have to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so, just a little mission statement. Our goal is to bring people to the hobby. You know, maybe if you're one one side of a couple that would like to bring your spouse into the hobby. Right, Whatever. Definitely. We Our goal is to spread the joy of gaming to everyone. So, having said all of that, let's get into the show, shall we? Let's do it. Let's start with some announcements. Laura, what do we have for our announcements today? Well... Let me look on this nice little uh, sheet you typed up for me. Okay. What's the first bullet point there? Oh, look at that. It says none. No. Um, <laughs> Under the heading of announcements, very clearly, concisely, you've put none. Yeah, so we don't have any announcements. We would like to announce that. That was my, that was my bit for this whole podcast. Hooray. None. You excelled beyond my expectations. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. And now let's, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Let's uh, let's move on and talk about some games. <laughs> okay. Sound good to you? Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm just envisioning you know, like when Jimmy Fallon tells one of those super corny jokes, and then so he just stands up and starts to walk out. You know, and the, the band music is playing. playing yeah, like yeah. that's the show. That would be awesome. Yeah. Like, I wish we could do that now. Yeah. But you can't see me, so even if I stood up and walked out, you would not know. You'd hear you. Your chair would creak. Mm, yes, very the, creaky chairs. These are chairs. very loud chairs. We have to be so still. Yeah, stop moving. So let's talk about our first game for the show. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about a little game called Rock, Paper, Wizard. It's yes. Dungeon and Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. Rock, Paper, Wizard. Mm-hmm. So it's from WizKids. This is, this is a great convention game like it's it's very silly so so what's the premise of this game so basically everyone is a a wizard Mm -hmm. you're all in the wizard class and you're in a cave and you know it's kind of like a tunnel one end is the opening that leads out and the other end there is a dragon sleeping on his hoard of gold Mm -hmm. all of the wizards start in the center of the tunnel and you've got these cards laying out that have different spells on them, which are all 
D and D spells, mm-hmm. um, which is super cool. Yeah, and um, it so it describes what it does to who, who the target, whoever you aim it at, but it also has an illustration of how your hand should be situated. So it's like a, a gesture kind of. Yes. And note, there are no obscene gestures on these cards. Right. And there are always, is there three cards four. out? Four cards out at a time. So there are four to choose from, four different mm-hmm. spells. So it's not everybody's doing the same thing, obviously. So you pick which one you're doing. And the way that we do it is we hold our hand and a fist in the air over our head whenever we're ready and we have our spell picked. And then when everybody has their fist in there in the air, we all go rock, paper, wizard. And mm. on wizard, we make the hand gesture you that's cast. on the yeah, you cast, which is you're making the hand gesture that is illustrated on the spell that you are using, and you are pointing it at your selected target. So think kind of like cashing guns mm-hmm. there with that. Of course, at the beginning of the game, there was a first player assigned. So you start with that first player, you resolve their spell effect. And then you go around the table resolving spell effects in order. You can get locked in a duel. Like if we were playing a multiplayer game and Spencer and I decided to throw cast at each other, we mm-hmm. would be locked in a duel. So the spell that we originally selected to use on each other is now canceled out. We get two new face-down spells dealt to each other. So we're just at random. You don't even know what they are. Exactly. And but you're still going in order around the table mm-hmm. resolving. So one of you gets to do yours first, depending on where you're sitting in the player order. Right. So after that all, all that's resolved, um, which usually they have some kind of effect of either moving your wizard pawn or stand your standee um closer to the gold or moving your target further away from the gold or swapping places right which yeah you're moving yes and um so then after everybody's spell has been resolved whoever's the closest to the gold gets five whoever's the second closest gets three Mm -hmm. um if anybody ties you both get the same amount Mm -hmm. and then if you're too close to the gold ouch it's hot and you have to move back some and if you're too close to the entrance, brrr, it's cold. So you've got to move in closer to the center. And then we slide one spell off. We put a new spell out and pass the first player marker. And here we go again. First player to 25 gold wins. Yeah. And, you know, and some of those spells can also have things to do with, with gold. So it might make you, you know, give gold away. Or it might It'll make, make like you... the richest player have to divvy up their gold, right? With there, yeah. These are there. There's I don't remember how many. There, there's a good variety of these different types of spells. Yes. And um, what do you think about the game? I like it a lot. So this this plays three to six players. Mm-hmm. It's pretty quick, and it's, it is, and it's a very easy, very easy to teach, very easy to play game. Right, like you said, it's a good convention game yeah. in that if there are people just walking by and you just want to grab a couple and just mm-hmm. throw them in the game, they don't have, I mean, there's not a learning curve. Right. Well, and it's a good attention getter game, too. I noticed when we were playing, because we were getting into it, right? So we were shouting, rock, paper, scissors, or <laughs> not no. rock, and paper. That's a different game. We were shouting, <laughs> rock, paper, wizard. wizard. And then and everybody in the convention hall. We would hall, cheer, or yeah. we would start laughing. Everybody in the convention hall would turn and look at us. Yeah. And, 
Um, and, you know, I say this is an easy game. I actually took this. I've started a, um, a lunchtime game time session at work. And these are mostly middle-aged, if not older, uh, people that I work with. And, you and know, they don't I, have that much exposure to the kind of board games that no, we talk about and no. play. And that was my goal is to get introduce these style of games to them. And, and so I brought this one. And, you know, this was definitely a very diverse group of people playing this game. <laughs> I can only imagine because he, he works at the newspaper, guys. So he's got <laughs> he's got reporters. He's got people in advertising. Circulation. He's, yeah. Photographers. Yeah. It's, it's a bunch of different people. Yeah. So we played all different age ranges. So we played this game and and they they caught on to it and we had a lot of fun, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely silly, you know. You're, you're doing these weird hand symbols at each other, uh, but it's a lot of fun. It is fun. I, I like it. So um, that was Rock Paper Wizard from WizKids. Right, and so another game that we have played at convention as well as other parties, and that you have also played, or have y'all played yeah, this at your we lunch did this group? One. Mm-hmm. We do these actually on the same day. Okay, and so this is Masquerade from Repose Productions, and um, this is one of the, by one of the great game designers, Bruno Fiduti. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, it, it's we've talked about this before, where you know, you play these games, and then you get further into the hobby, and you learn these designers, and then you go back, and you're like, I didn't realize this person did that game, right? Yeah, because this was just one that we were walking through the, um, the FLGS, and I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. I was like, that looks kind of neat. We just got it. Mm-hmm. And then um, it kind of sat on the shelf for a while. Yeah, it did. And I'm so Much glad we finally... Much to our dismay. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we finally broke it out when we did. But when we did, that's when Spencer went, oh, I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at this hidden treasure. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> so this game, it's supposed this to... This is Masquerade, M-A-S-C-A-R-A-D-E. There yes. are so many ways to spell Masquerade. Did you know that? I did not realize that. There are a that. ton of different ways, and this is one that's a little more uncommon. See, I thought it was spelled this way because it's kind of like a pun, like mask car, like like a card, because you're playing with cards. I have but no clue why they spelled it I that way. I was just making that up. But anyway, so you, and this is supposed to emulate you being at a masquerade. Mm-hmm. And it's a part, definitely a party game because you can play from two, anywhere from two, I think up to 12 people in this game. It was 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. So this goes... Does a wide range of, of players. I, get, I would love to play. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. So the way this game works is um, you you the setup is based on the amount of players. You put in certain roles that you're going to be playing with, and everybody gets a role. Everybody gets a card at the beginning of the game, and you look at it. So there are different roles, like a queen, like a king, like a bishop, a thief. Um, a widow. Widow. A beggar. Isn't there a witch? Uh-huh. So, and they all have a different ability. Now, the goal is, this is another game where you're trying to acquire gold. The goal is to be the first to reach a a gold level. I think it's 13. I want to say it's 13. I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. It's either 13, 14, 15, somewhere right in that range. Mm -hmm. And the way you get gold is by doing the special abilities of your character. And it may be something like, you know... Well, some... Some well, yeah. characters do not acquire gold. Right. So, what you what as an example, a thief. If you are the thief, your special ability is you can take one gold from one person beside from, you, and one person each, on the other side of you. Each player on either yeah. side of you, you can take one gold from them. Um, but where things get tricky is, or like if you're the king, you can take four gold from the center, and if you're the queen, you can take three gold from the center. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So where things get tricky is though, 
you have your card, but you have to keep it face down. You and get to look at it once. One at time at the beginning of the, of the game. game. And then what's going to happen is you're going to start mixing these these cards around through various actions. And you're once if someone can take your card and then put it under the table with their card, and they might switch it. Well, they might not. Well, because that, that, those are your choices of action yes. in a round. You can either look at your card. You can take another player's card. It doesn't have to be the person right next to you. Mm-hmm. They can be across the table. And you can actually swap or pretend to swap them. Or you can enact the ability of the character you believe you are. Yeah, and you claim to be. Yes. So you, those are your three options, and you can only do one of those things. Mm-hmm. So let's say that I take Laura's card, and I may or may not switch it, and I give it back to her. Then on her turn, she has to decide. She's got to kind of take a gamble. Oh, did he switch my card, or did he not? And, or do I want to waste a turn and just look at my card and right. see? But she could test test me, push her luck, and say, I'm the queen, and grab her gold. But if I didn't, if I did swap with her... I can also say, no, I'm the queen. And then however many people are playing have the option to say that, no, I'm the queen. So you can have four different people, however many people that that want to, can claim to be this person. And then everybody who claimed to be that person will reveal their card. Mm -hmm. Whoever actually was the queen gets to do their ability. Everybody else has to pay a penalty to the court of one gold. Mm -hmm. And so then some of the other abilities, like I think it's the judge, whenever you say, I'm the judge, you get to take all the gold that's in the court. Mm -hmm. Lots of different abilities, lots of zaniness going on, lots of uncertainty of these roles being swapped or not being swapped. Mm -hmm. You just never know. Like all it takes is one turn for no one to have any idea what's going on. Well, especially because there have been a few games that we've played, especially with people who are new to the game. They pick up the card their card, they pick up another player's card, put them under the table, start fiddling with them. They haven't even decided yet, am I actually going to switch these or not? Then they forget what card is in what hand. That happens to me at least once a game. Yeah. (laughs) Now I don't even know which card is which. So so I don't even know if I've swapped roles or not. Yes. And it's, oh my gosh, this game, the artwork on it is gorgeous. It is. It's a very well produced game. It's in a very small box. Um, very portable. Mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect large group game. Yes. Um, and, and we had a blast with it, and and I hope that we get it out more often. But th- because there's just you, everybody is just like, oh, I don't know, am I this person or am I not? And then, <laughs> and then the person across the table from me is like, I don't know, are mm-hmm. you? Did I swap your card or did I? Yeah, because that's one of the people, the fool, gets to swap two other people's cards, not even their own. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> just, it's it's so much fun. And basically you get to the point to where you just start claiming these roles. Even if there's probably a high likelihood that you're not that character, you just say it. And then just see if anybody calls you on it. <laughs> so would you go so far as to say maybe people who like the one night games... Mm-hmm. If they want to total, I mean, I can see some just barely there similarities. Yeah, because you're grasping have, at straws to make the similarities. Well, it's, I mean, there's that 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 comparison is there, right? You've got the different roles that have different abilities. There is some switching going on, um, so I can definitely see how the comparison is, can be made. Mm-hmm. But this is all. But it's so different that yeah. that's why I was gonna say 
maybe this is a good one to suggest to people who are tired of one night yeah. and they're like, okay, I need something new. I think this is yeah. a, the oh, next great next place to go. Yeah. And there's an expansion for it, which we haven't gotten to. Um, but you know, there, that adds more roles. I'd love to see what that does. Mm -hmm. So that one's a really fun one. And we, we really recommend that. We haven't tried that one two player. Yeah. I'd like to see how that works as a right. two player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that one's a lot of fun, and that's Masquerade from Repo's production. Finally, this is um, another D&D &D board game. Yeah. And it's one that um, I've gotten a little a little traffic from people about it on social media a little while back. Um, this is Lords of Waterdeep. In fact, I believe it was that same podcast where I had said I wanted Rock, Paper, Wizard. When I started out... I didn't give the name. I was teasing it out mm -hmm. and saying it's a and d game. I think a listener wrote in saying, I could have sworn you were going to say Lord of, Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah. And you know what? Um, that piqued my interest. I had never even heard of Lords of Waterdeep. And so this person brought that up and I went, oh, well, what is that? Spencer had downloaded the app a long time ago and he'd played it. But I mean, for some reason or another, we just had never played it together. And so um, at that point we went, all right, let's, so now let's play this together. And um, we liked playing the app a whole lot. And then at FallsCon, somebody had an actual physical board. We did do it without the Skullport expansion. But um, this coming Saturday is my birthday. <gasps> Fingers crossed that I might be getting this game. And I was like, but I want the Skullport expansion mm -hmm. if I'm getting this game. <laughs> Just because, and again, I haven't played it yet, but I've had so many people. Have we not? No, every single person. Every person says, once you play it with a Skullport expansion, I mean, you'll never take that expansion well, out. Well, I mean, I've, I'd even go as far to say, anybody who recommends this game says, get the expansion at the same time. Don't even, it's not even an option. Right. <laughs> so. Which, I'm, of course, we've played without it. Yeah. But I'm, look, I'm looking forward to the possibility of getting to play with it if I get my own copy. But, um, okay, so anyway, this is Lords of Waterdeep. First of all, the production of this is gorgeous. Yes. I love the box. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is that makes me like it so much because it's a simple concept when you just think about it. But um, the base and the lid don't Match. join together. Yeah. And so it leaves this gap, and there's this pretty, like, filigree decoration around it. I just, mm, I love it. So just that look to begin with. Plus, of course, again, this is a Wizards, Wizards of the Coast, D&D. &D. The artwork is is superb, um, which we meant to say earlier for Rock, Paper, Wizard. Both of these games use D&D &D artwork right. that you would find in your player handbook. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I would also like to say, you talked about the components. I like that. You know, the components are not tiny. They're yes. good, chunky pieces. Yes, so tactile. Mm -hmm. And then the insert The on insert is, is awesome. so good. Yeah. Precise measurements mm -hmm. for precise placement of each piece. Yeah. Love but, it. But enough about the actual physical aspects of the game. Let's talk about the game itself. Okay, so the game. Bare bones, worker placement. Mm -hmm. And um, so each player... Um, you're given a special um, a lord of Waterdeep who identifies as a certain kind of, not necessarily a class, but... Um, they want to try to accomplish certain types of... 
of um, goals or missions or quests. Quests, yeah. Quests. And um, his quests are labeled differently. There's skullduggery. Mm-hmm. There's piety. Mm-hmm. There's warfare. There's commerce. Um, and certain lords at the end of the game will, will gain extra uh, victory points for having for each of two kinds of quests what any of those categories that i just listed um but that is hidden from other players so the other players have no idea what you're going for um depending on player count you have a certain amount of starting workers or um agents right yeah agents okay so there are these different guilds basically is what i see them as throughout Waterdeep. There's um, a place to go get your um, your clerics. There's mm-hmm. a place to go get your thieves, to get your warriors, warriors, wizards. and your wizards. And um, you have to place your worker there in order to collect however many is denoted on that mm-hmm. space. But once your worker's there, no one else can go there for the rest of the round. And um, I think that's fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think it's and, really and, neat. You know, it's not only that. You can go uh, build a building, which places another space for other players to go. Yeah, because each building has certain things, whether it's gaining more money, picking whichever two um, of those factions that you mm-hmm. need, uh, all sorts of different things like that. And because, so what you're doing is you're recruit. basically the, the idea is, it's, it's a very loose thing, but the idea is you're recruiting these certain, certain types of people to complete your quests. Mm-hmm. So one quest might say you need five wizards and three warriors or whatever. So think of your agent as the person who starts some little um, D&D, D&D parties campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, your quest that you need them to complete is your cam- is their campaign. Yeah. And so once you get them all together, ching, you get to turn in your quest. And that's one of the things you can do as well with your workers. You can... Um, there are three different slots at the at the inn. The tavern? No, it's the, the inn. Um, I think it's called Cliffwatch Inn. And there are four quests up there. And um, you can put your worker there to gain a quest and some gold. You can put your worker there to gain a quest and an intrigue card. Or you can put a worker there to just wipe the board and put brand new quests out there. So, but you don't know what's coming, but you do have to take one of those quests right. that comes out new. So what is an intrigue card? Intrigue cards. Good point. Um, those are things you do get to start with, I think, one at the beginning of the game. Maybe. I don't know. One or two. And they just have different special abilities on them and um like well some can be good for you and some can be bad for your opponent right like um mandatory quests Mm -hmm. and you have to go to the shipyard i believe in order to be able to play an intrigue card Mm -hmm. and um at the end of the round all of those workers at the shipyard come back to you and you have to put them in a new place so you kind of get two rounds whenever Mm -hmm. you use them there's also a place to place your worker to guarantee that you'll be the first player next round. Which would be really and good. And you gain an intrigue card there. Yeah. Um, and it just goes a certain number of rounds, wasn't it? I think it's eight. Yeah, eight. And then at the end of the game, whoever has the most victory points wins, which, of course, quests gain you victory points. And then, like we said, your lord's special requirement will gain you some extra victory points. And, and so... 
what do you think of playing this game? I think this is, is a, it's a really great game. I mean, I, we've talked about other games that, that help introduce uh, worker placement as a mechanism. Uh, but this is definitely a good option for that, too, because it's not bogged down with other yes. mechanisms. Yes. Like, that's mainly it. Is It's just straight-up worker placement. Mm-hmm. And so it's great for that. Um, it flows very well. Um, lots of interesting decisions to make. You know, where do I dedicate? I only have four workers this turn. Where, how am I going to optimize what I'm trying to accomplish? Plus, what if another player gets there first? Exactly, because you could be planning, banking on that one spot, and someone places their worker there, messes you all up. Um, I, I think it's great. I love playing the app, but I really do prefer the physical version just because of those com- the, the component quality of this. Mm-hmm. And it was fun getting to just move them around the board and mm-hmm. move your, your victory point tracker around the board. And so, and still to this day, I'm just so intrigued and I'm really hoping I get it for my birthday just because we love just the base game so much and everybody's just like, it's just so much better with the skull board expansion. So you are, you have a great poker face right now, by the way, this is the best time I've ever seen him with a poker face. Like when was it? I was playing, we were playing a game with somebody and they were like, you have a terrible poker face. Uh, It's probably every game. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. I guess we'll find so he's out. He's doing a great job right now of not giving me any body language hints of whether or not I'm getting this game for my birthday. Just got to say, he's doing good. Speaking of, if you happen to be listening to this podcast before Laura's birthday, or even after, you can wish her happy birthday. Uh, her birthday is April 15th, so she's a text baby. That's easy for you to remember. April 15th, wish Laura a happy birthday. We'll tell you how to do that at the end of the podcast. Aww. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, that's all the games we want to talk about now. Yeah, um, but let's... you know what? Oh, you're going to do a cheesy segue? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm feeling kind of hungry. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's get into some game night grub, shall we? Mmm. All right. This is an oldie. It's been a while since I've made this, but this is called Texas Trash Dip, or what this um, particular person is calling it is texas trash warm bean dip but that's just too much i just like to call it texas trash because it sounds so appetizing (laughs) but it is well don't give away too much okay it really is okay so i mean i don't think you'd ever really talk about a recipe that wasn't good right because we would anybody i wouldn't recommend that (laughs) anyway this you have a package of cream cheese, eight ounces. You want it softened, so just leave it sitting out on the counter for a little while. You also need one cup of sour cream, two cans of refried beans, one packet of taco seasoning, two cups of cheddar jack cheese shredded, and two cups of Monterey jack cheese shredded. Um, you're going to start your oven heating to 350 degrees. And you're going to mix together your cream cheese and your sour cream um, and the... Or go ahead and put just those two together in the bowls. So put the two white things together first. Easy enough. Okay. Next, you're going to add in your two cans of refried beans. I would suggest just do one can at a time, mix it in, then put the other can in and mix it in. Because I remember I've gotten my arms super tired mixing this stuff. And again, this is why it's so important that you make sure your cream cheese is softened. I've even gone so far as to use an immersion blender. To get this, 
Also because we don't like chunky refried beans. No, we don't. We you and I personally. Some people do. But um we like this to be nice and smooth and silky. And so and this definitely with the sour cream and the cream cheese really oh I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, calm down calm down take just, it easy it's been a while since I've had this. so um then you t- stir in your packet of taco seasoning and then you're going to get a 9 by 13 baking pan go ahead and grease it and then pour all that in there and and smooth it all out and then you're going to top it with your two cups of shredded cheese and if you're Then you're going to bake it in the oven for like 25 to 30 minutes. Um, Let the cheese kind of get a little bit brown melted. And then you serve it with tortilla chips. Spencer, what do you think of this recipe? Okay, so first of all, I was really hesitant to try this. I've never wanted to eat refried beans. And so I have this thing about food. The, The name of it always puts me off without even trying it. So, in this recipe, had two strikes against it. It had sour cream, which sour and cream don't go together well for me. It just bothers me. I don't want to try it. It's bleh. Secondly, refried beans. That sounds like it's like three days old beans. Do you know that that is is totally incorrect? The translation of refried? Because it comes from... um, Refrito, and that and for Which, some reason us, us little Texicans down here, yeah, we thought refried was the same thing as refrito, and it's not. Well, Google it. I don't care. They're called refried beans, which makes me think that these are beans that have been sitting out for three days, and we're gonna refry them to try to make to them palatable. Try to make something eating. So that's it. And I've never really liked beans to begin with. So two strikes against it, but. Being the good husband that I am, I tried something that Laura made. That was really early in our marriage, it really too, was. that I made I, that. It was our first year being married, I believe. You know what? I think you're right. We were in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, I tried it. It was really good. <laughs> uh, I like it a lot. Um, the cheese, I mean, it all, it all, it's, it's like you're, once you put that chip in there, it's like almost you got a complete taco. Mm-hmm. Without the beef, the bean burrito, maybe mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. beans, you got all that stuff you normally put on a taco on a chip, mm-hmm. and you just dip it, dip it, dip it, chip, chip, taco, taco. <laughs> what? I don't even know. It's good, and you're right. We haven't had it in a while, and I wouldn't mind having it again sometime. Okay, but it's it's very good, especially if you're going for that, you know, um, party style mm-hmm. game night. Does uh appetizer whatever you don't want to go full-fledged on having tacos just Mm -hmm. have this dip and you got your mini taco right there Mm -hmm. my okay so my thing with it is Mm -hmm. that cheese on Mm -hmm. the top i mean it's a good layer of cheese obviously well that's what makes basically four cups of cheese on top that's what makes it like without the cheese i would okay i understand here's the thing though we've had it before at like a party party which it was in the summertime out here in Texas, and it wasn't a well-ventilated place, so it was hot in there, so at least the food wasn't cooling off super fast. But still, the cheese mm, gets yeah. hard. Yeah. And then you're tr- you can't puncture that with your chip. <laughs> your chips break. Yes, so you it's have to go get a plastic <laughs> spoon, 
which is difficult too because it's bending. Yeah. But you have to dig it out with a spoon. So don't from let the, the cheese harden. Don't let the cheese harden. See, that's the hard part. So I would love somebody's input on how to keep my cheese from getting hard, or should I just? I know. Don't don't get mad at me. Just do one cup of each cheese instead of two cups. Not acceptable. Or maybe one and a half cups. Not an option. So I'm not backing off to two cups of cheese on top from four. Let's, I would be at three if I do one and a half for each. Let's not mess with a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather my chips break than cut back on the cheese. You know what I would like to experiment with, though, on this? What's that? Maybe do, like, since it's a 9 by 13, you could probably do, like, a pound and a half of ground meat. I would be open browned, to that. Mm. And mixed into the bean mixture. Yeah. And then put the cheese on top of that. There you got your taco. There's your taco. There's your taco. You know what? No. <laughs> I'd probably do the taco seasoning on the beef and then put that in the okay. beans. Yeah. If anybody is willing to experiment with that, give us a shout out. Let us know what you think of the beef. Or yeah. I may just do it myself here pretty yeah. quick now that I've reawakened us to this recipe. <laughs> and um, then I'll, I'll know how it goes. It's also easy to cut in half. Yep. I think it's interesting that that one with Texas Trash as the name. I mean, what's, what's, is it, I mean, it's. Do y'all think that's trashy? Is it trashy? Do y'all think that this is trashy that we sit in our double wides down here <laughs> and eat this all day? Hey, like, is it, this is, oh, I know. This is stuff you throw in the trash. <laughs> because who wants to eat some sour cream? Because it sounds gross. You shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth. If I shut my mouth, we can't have a podcast. I don't know. Maybe some people would think it'd be better if you <laughs> shut your mouth. We all know that you're the reason why people listen to this show. Hey, you know what? You come for the games, <laughs> you stay for the game night, grub. Yeah. I'm going to make a shirt of that. You should. That's perfect. Yeah. They come for the games. They stay for the game night. Look out, Dice Tower Con. <laughs> Laura is making a new shirt, <laughs> which, by uh, the way, those I think we've had somebody ask about our, our board game shirts. It wasn't the sh well, yeah, we had somebody ask about the shirts. And we then totally <laughs> just bought iron-ons from Hobby Lobby mm -hmm. and printed out our logo on those and ironed them on. But I mean, we wouldn't mind providing the just hey, if you're interested, let us know. Maybe we'll get something going. Yeah. Same thing with our coffee mugs. For people will be pretty interested in those mugs. Well, those were gifts from somebody else. Oh, yeah, but, but we could figure out how to get those people. I guess so. Anyway. Anyway, that was Texas Trash Dip. <laughs> <laughs> and where did you find this recipe? I found it on Pinterest. Yeah. Um, That's the funny thing. We were looking for it. Um, The original pin that I had is gone. Neither of us knew where it was. But this one that I just found again looks like it's from Cake... Cake-chalk.blogspot.mx. Cake chalk. Cake chalk. Right, Blogspot well, MX. We will, um, we will put this recipe in a link to cake chalk. Uh, maybe, on maybe we'll find, I don't know. Maybe we'll find some a better website to use for that. But nah, we'll stick with you that. guys, I mean, it's awesome. But there, even if you were to just search on Pinterest, there are lots of different variations of it. Yep. Maybe that's what I need to do. I do see somebody made it in the crock pot. Mm. 
that maybe that's what I should do to keep that cheese Ooh, warm yeah. and gooey. Meanwhile, though, the crock pot is occupied by the pizza dip, so maybe not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. All right. So that's enough of that. Okay. So what are we, what are we talking about today? Today, um, we're, we've been playing around with different ideas we want to talk about. One day, I think we want to talk about games that make us angry. That may be the next episode. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Unless, so we're always asking, hey, if you guys have topic ideas, every time someone's mentioned a topic, we've done it on the show. Mm-hmm. So if you have an idea that's that's appropriate for, um, you know, what we talk about, so married with board games, if you've got something that, that works with families or marriages or how to deal with such and such in this situation, whatever, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll tell you how to get into contact with us at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. But for now, we're going to talk about our favorite cooperative games. Yes. Speaking of marriage, marriage is a cooperative game. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> oh, You'll wow. have a certain number of turns based on how long your marriage, oh, uh, someone lives or whatever. Um, that the- was my face palm that you just heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got different challenges. You've got kids that come along. And you only have a certain number of actions that... I think Milton Bradley already banged in on that. No, let's not. No, let's not talk about... Anyway, so our (laughs) favorite co-op games. Well, I mean, but but really, though, I I do want to talk about how how really... We've we've mentioned this before. You think that marriage is a game? No, not that marriage is a game. (laughs) But that co-ops, you know, really play off of marriages, I think. Right, we've talked about this on... weaknesses... You know, using your minds together, working as a team to accomplish something. Yeah, we talked about this in um, an interview with Casual Game Insider. Yeah. Talking about how if you have a significant other even in your, and that you would like to play more games with, I can tell you probably the number one turnoff is the idea of having to go head to head against you. Mm -hmm. So co-op, come here along beside me and let's slog through this together. It's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, you have a lot. I've heard a lot of people say, I can't, I can't play board games. I'm too competitive. Play a cooperative game. You can be competitive together. However, <laughs> if you all lose together and you're the person who's blaming everybody else, then maybe we just won't invite you to come play anymore. <laughs> or if you all lose together and you're the reason why we all lost, then we really <laughs> won't invite you to come no, play. No, <laughs> that's not true. So all that If you're said, just blaming everybody, that's yeah, no fun. Yeah. So we're going to talk about our favorite co-ops, our top, top five. five for each of us. And these are all, with the exception of one, uh, we all have different, we each have different games. Yeah. So why don't we start with, with Laura with number five. My number five is Burgle Brothers by Tim Fowers. This game is super fun. I love the artwork mm-hmm. and just the idea that you're a band of thieves, each with different talents uh, trying to go through three floors of this building and pick up whatever you can along the way and get out without being caught by the night guard on each floor. And I have such a blast with yeah. this game. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. difficult. We've, we've never beat it. Never? No, I don't remember We've come really it. close, I feel like. Yeah. So, because what you have to do is you have to get through, like you said, you have to get through each floor. You. It's kind of like you start on the the ground floor and mm-hmm. you work your way up to the roof. Yeah, because right? what you want to do is you grab the stuff from each floor and then make your way. You escape off the helipad on the top of the, the building. Oh yes, yeah. yes, because your box is so cool. It stands on its side and it looks like 
um, an office building, mm-hmm. and there is a helipad on the top of that. I didn't even yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so you set that beside your because what you each floor is made up of tiles. Um, so not only is there that aspect of going through, um, you know, finding the treasure, but you got to flip flip these tiles over so you don't know what's going to be on these. Some of these tiles and have... And some of them are really scary. Some of them have <laughs> alarms that make the guards come closer to you. And they have different sensors. Thermal yeah. scanners. Tripwire. Yes. Uh, laser. Trip some laser. of them are just locked doors that you yeah. can't get through until you roll a certain number. So yeah. sometimes you can get trapped in a hallway as the guard is headed your way. Yeah, it's scary. freaky. Yeah. Oh, so fun. It's a lot of fun though. So I, I, that's that was definitely one on my short list for this for this one, but didn't quite make it for me. Okay. But my number five, um, we'll wait and talk about later because it's higher up on Laura's list. So we'll move right along to number four. Okay, my number four is the Grizzled from Cool Mini or Not, and I also like it with the expansion. I, I like it better with. I think it's one of those that it needs the expansion. It was, I mean, as much as we enjoyed the base game, man, that was hard. You never beat it. I don't remember ever beating it. No, we didn't. It was hard. So At Your Orders came along, and A, they talk about a solo gamer option, Mm -hmm. and B, they said this can make it a little, not easier, but this can help make you more capable of beating it. They just tweaked a few things. Mm-hmm. And you can also set a difficulty level too. That's true too. Yes. So I don't. I think we just tried the basic one. But um, what what is it you like about this game? It is a huge teamwork mm-hmm. um, thing, and it's. I think it's just very very satisfying when you do win. Yeah, um, for me, it's the visual aspect of the game. I love the way it looks. It's a very good looking game, and you're right. They're just those. Tough decisions that you have to make, and you oh, know, very that, and there are you know well, there are times where you really want your teammate to do something, but they just they can't. Like, or you and you have no idea what's in their hand. Exactly, and and those kinds of things does yeah difficult. So it's it's difficult, and but I also it's a good challenge. It's a very good challenge, and 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 we enjoy a good challenge. Mm-hmm. So what's your number four? My number four is Police Precinct. Mm. Um, this one is from Common Man Games and from one of my new favorite designers, Oli Steinus. Um, he, he's got other games I want to try. We actually have another one of his that we haven't got to the table yet. Right. Spurs. Um, but that's a different subject for another day. Um, Police Precinct. Um, it's a cooperative game. You are playing police officers in a precinct. And, uh, what? Yeah. And you are going around. You're in Commonville, right? In Commonville, yeah. And you're going around, and um, overall, the main objective is to um, solve a murder. So you're trying to find evidence, you're trying to find um, the murder weapon, and you're trying to find a suspect. Uh, there's some other things. And we've talked about this on a previous episode. Um, but you're trying to find that, but then there's also other crimes you have to, there are gang members you have to deal with. There was a wreck. There was a wreck. There are emergencies. There's hostages. All the stuff happening around the, the, the city that you have to deal with all the while trying to capture this this murder yeah, suspect. Yeah, it's like a serial killer, isn't yeah. it? And he's like trying to escape the city before you can catch his trail. Yeah. So he's close, as each round goes, he's getting closer to getting out of the city. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on in this game. Um, yeah. And it's, it this one, one of the things that I, I was looking for when I was making this list is the experience, right? How much of a group effort it was. 
So, you know, how much you had to rely on each other and the whole experience uh, together is what I was looking for. And this one, you know, you've really got to delegate. And okay, who's going to take care of this? Who's going to, I can't do this one by myself. I really need someone to back me up on this one. Like, it's very thematic. And you thematic. have to prioritize. Yeah, you really do. It's very thematic. It really feels like, I mean, I don't know what it feels like to be a police officer. But they use this game to train real police officers. So I can imagine that this is, is very lifelike. And they get to eat donuts. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so I really like Police Precinct. And that's my number four. All right, so moving on to number three. Um, this is a game we've talked about before, and that is Elder Sign from Fantasy Flight Games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's the dice yeah. that people really like. I know I like the dice, um, but I think that's what draws people is seeing all those dice and getting to roll. Oh, my gosh, all those dice? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Um, so, I mean, you know, what you do is you go around, you're solving mysteries, essentially, by rolling these dice, mm-hmm. right? Um, what I like is that there are a plethora of expansions right now. There are a ton. We haven't even played them all. No. Um, not even close. This one, this was my number six. So mm-hmm. it just barely missed it. And here's why. Like, missed there, it by that much. There's so many instances where I recall, like, this down to the wire. And all, you know, it, it all came down to, like, one die roll. And mm-hmm. then when those dice settle and you got what you need, everyone just stands up and cheers. <laughs> we got it. Yes, we did it. And it's those moments like that mm-hmm. that really... I remember and and make it for a great, great experience. Yes, I remember in particular one game we were playing with um, a friend of our or some co- another couple that we know that lived down in the DFW Metroplex, and I think the rest and so we the old the older the elder god had already come through the portal, mm-hmm. and we were all dead. It was down to one of us, and. Oh, her last role, and she well, she kept beat him. She kept knocking him out, like she was doing all by herself. Every, I mean, I feel well, it's like, and I'm pretty sure it's because she had Amanda Sharp, mm. and Amanda Sharp is able to um, complete any number of tasks on a single role. Yeah, that's true. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, but yeah, there are a lot of down to the wire tense moments in that game, and it's a lot of fun. Hmm. So um, that's why that is my number three, Elder Sign. My number three is new to the list. Well, this is the first time we've made the list, so <laughs> all of these are new to the list. Um, we've talked about this one recently, too, and that's London Dread. Um, this is another one where I feel like it is a great team effort, especially during that planning phase. Where we're like, okay, guys, Oof, how are we going to, the four of us, in these ten minutes, how are we going to divvy up who's going where? I can feasibly accomplish this, but I can't do this. Who's going to do that? Oh, I can do that. You got this one. Okay, how about we both go to this one and we can take care of this this mystery or this whatever it's called in this game. There's so much crosstalk of how are we going how on earth are we going to do this? And you really, what I like is each person in theory offers something, a different strategy, something you never even thought of. Oh, we could try that. That would that's that's much better than the idea that I had. Um, and then, of course, once you resolve it, it's still and you know, it's, it's a fun experience. The the theme and and the different flavor texts on the game on the cards and and that's fun. I really like that planning phase where everybody is working together on um, 
planning those actions. And that's why London Dread is my number three. Okay, so then moving on to number two, uh, for me, that is Flashpoint, mm. Fire Rescue. Mm -hmm. uh, especially now that we have moved on from playing just the basic game where we've got the people with the different roles. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that makes the gameplay much more enjoyable. So you're talking about from the family introductory version up to the more advanced game? Yes. Okay. Which I did need that family version just to learn it mm -hmm. and understand what was going on yeah but now that we've moved on to these um the advanced game with the different roles i i really enjoy it and it's funny we've got friends who have expansions of it that have the different maps whoo mm -hmm. man some of them are super hard like that airplane yeah good grief that was hard it was very hard yeah to take an extra action just to get up onto the plane. Yeah, because you're climbing Yeah, in that gear. Mm -hmm. It wasn't hard work. So what are some um, other things you like about it? Um, Well, you know, I know there's a new game right now out from, I think, Fireside Hotshot mm -hmm. Games. Mm -hmm. Or Hotshots that I've heard people describe as it's basic. You're just trying to put the fires out. I like that in this, though. You're not just putting out fire. You you're, are rescuing your people. Your main goal, yeah, is you, to rescue. Yes. You're um, removing hazardous materials and things like that. I, I like that it's got that other facet to it. I like the, the tension of when you roll those dice, if you're going to have an explosion or not. Yeah. And it's like, and when you do have an explosion, it's bad, but it's also fun to like lay out the fire. It's like, oh, do, 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 like the the backdraft back, yeah it's just the fire spreads and it's like i it's very cinematic in my mind i can <laughs> picture this all happening as it goes i you know as much as we like having ambient music playing for mm -hmm. the game i don't know that i would be able to handle <laughs> game or music for this game especially the way our games go yeah. that man well this was another one that's good too as far as you know really having to strategize with each other you know, is it worth it for someone to go get on the fire truck and spray the house? Yeah. What's, you know, what is our. Especially those objective? people who can move other people. Would you be better off doing your action for you or mm -hmm. would you be better off moving someone else? Right. In any game. I mean, mm -hmm. there are tons of games that you can do that. You can do that in Pandemic. You can do that in Forbidden Desert or Forbidden mm -hmm. Island, this game as well. Um, that's that kind of stuff. It's. It's really neat to get to watch that with people, especially mm -hmm. people you barely even know. Yeah. I think it's a really good icebreaker way mm -hmm. to get to know people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's Flashpoint Fire Rescue. My number two. My number two is Pandemic Legacy, season one. Now, um, yes, it's Pandemic. Yes, it is. You know, you play through it once and you're done. I mentioned experiences. This is probably the best experience, the most, you know, memorable experience I've had with a board game. And maybe it's because it took us a couple months to play through it. But I can recall so many moments where together as a group, you know, we went through ups. We got, yay, hooray, we got funding or whatever. Or we went through downs. Oh, this... You know, I'm not going to get into any spoilers, but this really bad thing happened that we did not expect. And we have to, how are we all going to deal with that? How are we going to come back from that? 
um, working together. And then when our plan, you know, our strategy comes together and it works, oh, it's so rewarding. We all felt so awesome. Well, and this was, I mean, it was my first legacy game. Was yeah. it your first legacy game? Basically, yeah. Yeah. And just to know that the the, the the decisions we made, the stakes were so high because they were permanent. They're lasting decisions. Yeah. Yes. Um, and this, again, talk about a cinematic experience. You know, this tells a story over mm-hmm. the course of 12 months. And getting to live out that story with each other. And you can talk about it. Oh, man. And we can, we can still talk about it. Do you remember when this happened? And, oh, that was the worst. Or, or wasn't that a lucky break? Yeah, this wasn't happened? it awesome how that laid out for us? Mm-hmm. Um, Especially because the people that we played with, they're playing another game of it now with mm-hmm. some other people. And I, I wonder how they would compare it. Because I mean, that's what they're doing. They're comparing our previous mm-hmm. gameplay with what they're going through now. Um, I find that very interesting to hear them report back about, yeah. well, we're in June now and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, because they're pretty much letting the others do most of the decision making. Since but, they know what's right. going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's a great experience. And for those that say, well, you know, once you play through it, it's over. You can't play it again. Yes. But at the same time, we've played Pandemic Legacy more times than we've played all of the games on this list. Mm-hmm. Like we we played through Pandemic Legacy, we got at least I'd say at least fifteen plays out of it. Yes, there and there were, were there were a few months there in a row that we had to play over again. Yeah, so I definitely would say we got our money's worth on this game. Mm-hmm. Even though we can't play it again, if we wanted to play Pandemic, we just go play Pandemic. Mm-hmm. But if we want to play another Pandemic Legacy game, we just wait for season two. Yeah, it's coming out this year, and we're so excited. Yes. So for me, my number two, Pandemic Legacy, season one. From Z-Man Games. Okay, so that leads us to my number one. And my number five. Yes. And that is one that you've heard us talk about in several different (laughs) ways on this podcast. And that is Mansions of Madness, second edition. Yep. Um, Especially, we can definitely put it on co-op because the second edition makes sure everybody Mm -hmm. is playing together. And one person isn't like your, basically your game Gamekeeper, whatever, yeah. Um, and so, uh, of course, we also really we like Lovecraft themed mm-hmm. stuff, but um, this is a different kind. I feel like of working together because mm-hmm. you also you can acquire your own objectives, or it's just a my character is really good at this. I need to go over here and do this. You just go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Just do something. I feel like it's very rare that we would ever have to go help each other. Well, one thing I like about it is working on the puzzles together. So when you've got those locks or the wire puzzles, even though it's one character doing it, it's there on the screen, so you can all pitch in and help. Yes, and I know I always need help with Oh, those. me too. There's... There's no way I could do those by myself. No. I get lost. I'm like, wait a minute, what did we try again? Mm-hmm. I, I have no... Yeah. Um, so that's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Every gameplay, even if I'm playing the same scenario, is a different experience. Mm-hmm. And and it is for all of the players. So yeah. I, I really enjoy that. And if you vary it up with playing different characters, that changes things too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my number one, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition from Fantasy Flight Games. My number one is a brand new game. And this would be on Laura's list if she's played it. But she hasn't played it. At least I think it would be. And that is Robinson Crusoe, Adventures on the Cursed Island, 2nd Edition, 
from Portal Games. Um, this is a brand new game uh, for us, and it took us a while to get it to the table. And unfortunately, both times I've played it, Lara was, you know, wasn't able to play. And I can't stop thinking about this game. <laughs> I can't. Um, there Now, you, you play together, your castaways on this island, and you have an objective. Their main objective is you're trying to build um, basically a signal for a ship that comes by, and you have a certain amount of turns to do it. You have to, and so what you're doing in the game, you're gathering wood, you're gathering food, you're building a shelter, you're dealing with beasts like the animals that are on the island. You have to deal with bad things that happen to you. Like So if you do try to build something, you could hurt your thumb, and that card gets shuffled back into the event deck, and you might show up later, and your thumb's infected, and you lose your arm. Or something like that. That's an exaggeration. That doesn't actually happen. But that's an example of effects, delayed effects. I think that's a really neat, neat thing that something that happens to you doesn't initially do a bad thing to you. It comes along later at a worse moment in time for you. Uh, makes it even harder to deal with. And then not only that, but you're dealing with weather that comes. You got to deal with rain, with snow. Um, it's hard. But what I'm, about like natives on the island? Um, in this scenario, there are no natives. Okay. At least that we've come across. There, that's the thing though. There are lots of other scenarios. One is called Kong Island. So yes, you're playing against King Kong in this game. One is called Cannibal Island. So you're those are probably the natives. You're you're that's, fighting against cannibals because that is the true Robinson yeah. Crusoe story. Um, and so it's so hard. But again, this is another one of those where. You really have to work together because there is sort of a planning phase to this. You talk about what you're going to do this round. You put your action pawns down and then you resolve them in order. So you're not just, you know, willy-nilly going around. So you have to do your actions in a certain order. That's also important. And you also have to plan for, okay, we might have everything we need for today. <laughs> but we also have to plan for tomorrow and mm -hmm. the next day. There's a lot of, you know, strategic... creature comes and takes one of those things? yeah. So there's a lot to this game, and I really enjoyed it. And this is another one that the experience I've had playing this are just extremely memorable. Um, exciting moments. Yeah, I know. But it's both times. Ex <laughs> I've actually played it three times. The first time was over very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some very memorable moments that made me stand up and cheer and then want to cry when certain things happen and um very good production quality it's a very good game um you know component wise all around i love this game i'm glad it's in our collection and i can't i'm scared to hype it for lara because the last couple games that i've hyped for lara mm -hmm. they've stunk for to, for you they have i think you'll like this one though um so for me my number one right now Cooperative game is Robinson Crusoe. I love it. And that wraps it up for us mm -hmm. on our favorite co-ops. We would love to know what your favorite co-ops are. Yes. And again, like Spencer mentioned, we would love any kind of ideas you have for topics or just questions that you would like for us to answer for you. And the way you can get those questions to us. Or oh. if you want to wish Laura a happy birthday <laughs> on her birthday, this is how you can get in touch with us. Um, you can we we're on, we're on social media, and most of our stuff is married with BG. So, Twitter, Instagram, 
at MarriedWithBG. Facebook.com slash MarriedWithBG. And then if you don't want to remember all that, you can find it all on our website. MarriedWithBG.com. And then you can shoot us an email. MarriedWithBG at gmail.com. So, um, there's no excuse for you to not get in touch with us. Yeah, you. (laughs) We want to hear from you. Um, So, uh, having said that, do you have anything else to discuss? No. All right. Well, I don't know. None. None. (laughs) Just like the announcements. None. None. Well, in that case, this has been episode 15 of the Married with Board Games podcast. I'm Spencer. I'm Laura. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.